When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. Cork's greatest And good morning, a big difference weather-wise than there was last week and it seems this week is going to be a mixture of sunny spells and showers, a lot more showers though. We're getting an end of uh, some hurricane that is out in the Atlantic, a bit of that is hitting us here in the south of the country but overall it's going to be a mixed bag this week, a lot of heavy rain. Uh, Seemingly tomorrow, Wednesday will be the best of the days when it comes to the weather but don't hold your breath, it won't be exactly sunshine uh, all day, you'll still have a lot of showers and rain but overall showers and sun is what we're going to have for this week but nothing like we had uh, for last week even though temperature is still high uh, still reaching into 18 to 19 degrees so not too bad when it comes to temperatures anyhow uh, good morning to you JP with you until 1 with Cork today Bernie takes your comments 1850 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 ahead on this morning's show and this uh, was from yesterday's council meeting in County Hall where councillors have voted to increase the local property tax here in Cork County uh, the vote in favour by a small margin but still uh, voted by 27 to 24 this will see the increase in the basic rate of tax by 5% uh, so whatever your local property tax is at the moment it's going to go up by 5% uh, usually I think they renew in November um, that's when the due date is for a lot of the local property tax November, December or so anyhow it's going to go up this year so you'll see an increase in that we'll be speaking with the councillor this morning who proposed the motion to increase the local property tax that's Cove's councillor Alan O'Connor and indeed uh, why he did that he's from the Green Party so why have they proposed the increase what was their reasoning behind this we've a number of comments in already to the show people unhappy with another tax another increase because already they feel they're going to be hit with carbon tax in the budget and this will be another tax for them along with prices on the increase I read this morning health insurance is going to be on the increase over the next few months your premiums a lot of people's premiums renew in January so watch out for that uh, also 
fuel costs are going to go up when it comes to the likes of the ESB and electricity is going to increase as well. So while everything is on the up, uh, this is something that many people felt would stay the same and it wouldn't be an additional cost. But no, your local property tax will increase. We'll hear the reasons why and your views are welcome. Uh, Call Bernie 1850-333-103 or indeed, are you one of the councillors that voted against the increase? And if so... Uh, what's your view on the property tax going ahead even though you were against this? Let us know. 1850-333-103 or indeed text of WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Also the latest from the beef talks as pickets were removed from factories across Cork over the last weekend. Still, as talks continue, I haven't heard any confirmation of a base price for farmers. The majority of farmers we spoke with on the picket lines, on the phone lines here, all say regardless of bonuses, bonuses are fine, but they can change, they can decrease as much as they increase. We still haven't heard anything about a base price and that is what farmers want. So we will find out what's the latest with those particular talks and are farmers going to get what they want, beef prices and a base price for that particular beef. Uh, The age of retirement is always a question that comes up every few months and this is in relation to the private sector because the issue has been sorted in the public sector but in the private sector if you are reaching the age of 65 usually you are told you have to retire at that particular age some companies are very good they you do retire but you can come back and work on contract for a year so you're not officially employed by the company you're employed under a contract but the majority of companies say Unfortunately, rules are rules. You are 65 and if you're a company maybe owned by a bigger company or have a parent company that are very strict when it comes to rules, they will say you have to go because you've reached retirement age. But for many people who were born after a certain year, 1955, one of those years, you cannot get your state pension until your age 67 and 68. So because of that, people who leave work at 65 are waiting another year or two until they get the state pension or benefits they're entitled to. And you might say at 65, well, they may have their mortgage paid off or this and that. And the majority don't. Not everybody has the mortgage paid off. People still might have children going to college and you still need to live and do your basic day-to-day needs. So you do need money. And if you don't get the state pension until 67, 68, the company you're working for, because this is the private industry, uh, the pension would not be fantastic uh, when it comes to private pensions, uh, particularly for those working in private companies. So because of that, uh, people feel something needs to change, some new rule needs to be brought in. It's unfair. And also the fact that just because you reach a, reach a certain age doesn't mean that you can't work. I mean, if you reach the age of 65 and you feel you're well able to work for another few years and the company wants to hold on to you for your experience and realises that you're an asset to the company, well, why should you be forced to go at 65 anyway? Uh, because of that, it's been raised at the council's uh, county council meeting yesterday. Also, we're going to hear why the private sector retirement age should be raised at the age of of 70 uh, because of some of the reasons we've discussed there. Your views are welcome and maybe you're affected by that. Maybe you would like to work on a few years more and because of these particular rules you're not allowed to or you were affected with the gap when you receive your particular state pension. And we spoke a lot yesterday about parking at the school gates and one school is trying to make life safer for their pupils by fundraising to build a car park. Now this is Glenahulla National School 
Glenahola, located on the Kildallery to Mitchellstown Road. It's a busy road network, but we're going to hear from the school later that we're going having a fundraiser. It's the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here fundraiser, one of the first ones in North Cork. And we're going to speak to the school if you know that particular area. And I'm sure a lot of rural schools are similar, whereby parents have to park on the side of the road to collect the kids in the evening. It's on a main stretch of a busy road. And when I mean a busy road, it is a main road, but it isn't like a motorway. It's, it's, a, it's a secondary route. Uh, so it's still narrow enough uh, and while it is it does get a bit wider where the school is parents still have to park on the side of the road collect their children now and what they want is a car park and they're fundraising for that to make life safer and not only for those in the school but also for the motorists who are on that particular road as well so we'll speak with them later and we're going to continue our discussion on how to manage stress we'll be speaking with our regular councillor Joe Heffernan on the show later on how indeed we can manage and control stress in our lives and that and more to come between now and one our lines are open your comments are welcome 1850 333 WhatsApp 086-2103-103. You can email jp at c103.ie or indeed tweet us this morning at c103cork. I know we've discussed this a lot over the show over the last while when the introduction of the Panaban came in. A lot of people uh, were confused of where else to drive because uh, a lot of the uh, narrow streets that were being opened up to traffic people were not familiar with, especially travelling in from county areas. Anyhow, while some people felt, well, you could still drive on Patrick Street, they weren't finding anybody. There were seemed to be uh, cars on the actual street during the ban. The Echo this morning have said, and they're showing the, how people are being fined now. A total of 66 people have been hit with fines for floating the private car ban on Patrick Street. That's just this year so far. Of course, you cannot drive on Patrick Street from 3 pm until 6.30pm daily. Uh, the fine is a €160. Uh, and even last Sunday, and I saw this on, on Twitter last Sunday, a lot of people were saying, oh, look how quiet it is on Patrick Street now. The cars aren't there. People are enjoying the fact that they can walk on the street because people are obeying the ban. Well, one of the reasons they were obeying is because the group Extinction Rebellion, they were a national group. This is the Cork branch of that particular group. And they took to the entrance routes of Patrick Street and ensured uh, that no private cars were allowed on that street between 3 and 6.30 that is used or did allow the uh, traffic permission to use the streets such as buses and taxis they were allowed uh, down the street but if you were a private motorist uh, they were not allowing you down. Now this group they're a climate change activist group and, and as I said they're not only here in Cork they're across the country but they were the ones who were on patrol last Sunday so if you noticed last Sunday why it was quieter car wise on Patrick Street and everybody was obeying the actual ban that is the reason uh, this climate change group were out making sure no car was going down the street. Also it coincided with International Car Free Day so if you're thinking of taking a chance on Patrick Street well maybe don't because they are now on four at the particular ban and I'm not too sure if any of our listeners or if you know of anybody who was caught up with this and this is to do with Thomas Cook and the collapse of the travel agent Thomas Cook as many as 600 holidaymakers it seems now from the Republic of Ireland are feared to be among 6,000 who are stuck in various places across across Europe mainly because of the collapse of Thomas Cook the vast majority of travellers from Ireland 
Ireland would fly out from Dublin, Cork and Shannon but several were hit as well seemingly and have been now brought back to Belfast Airport. Not too sure if anybody or any of our listeners or if you know anybody uh, that was affected by the collapse of Thomas Cook yesterday and uh, again this is something that comes up a lot about people who might receive a speeding fine and then they get a summons to court and if they don't go to court well then they never served the speeding fine and seemingly thousands of motorists are being let off the hook for speeding fines because they never are served with the summons to appear in particular courts in question depending where you are. Uh, the figures have been released by the court service and they revealed that half of the summonses have not been served. Almost 28,000 of the 61,000 speeding offences listed in the courts over a 29 month period were struck out due to summonses not being served. Now here in Cork it seems that out of the 5,521 speeding cases that were served, 2,596 were struck out because of the non-service of a summons. So uh, while they are looking at cracking down on speeding on our roads, a lot of motorists are getting out of uh, receiving fines or penalty points because of that particular situation. And how many more times do we have to hear about decentralisation? Well, Kevin Doyle from the Irish Independent Uh, He's writing a piece this morning that seemingly, and they tried this before and was a failure, but they're trying it again. A new decentralisation scheme for civil servants is on the table as part of the negotiations for Budget 2020. This particular programme could see civil servants from a range of departments base themselves in offices in regional towns rather than Dublin. The Finance Minister, Pascal Dunahoo, is considering more flexible working arrangements as one way of reducing pressure for housing and indeed other services in the capital. However, ministers will want to ensure that this is not seen as a repeat of the decentralisation debacle a number of years ago when they tried decentralising everything from Dublin and it didn't really work. How many areas in particular of North Cork were chosen uh, for government offices and they were decentralising a number of offices to areas of North Cork uh, and I know other areas of the county were mentioned as well but particularly North Cork where it never happened. There was uh, departments moving to Kenturk and other areas and in the end despite all the hype around it it never actually took off and even though some parts of the country did receive and did have new offices opening not here in the Cork region Uh, This plan now seemingly is to concentrate though, uh, not down here, but up the country in Athlone and more so in Sligo. So we won't see any decentralisation here in Cork from this particular plan. We'll have to wait and see if this happens. Are you in favour of decentralisation? Is it a good thing? Would it be good to have more government offices out of Dublin, away from the Dublin-centric? Let us know. 1850-333-103 And we must say hello to Alicia O'Sullivan. And you're probably wondering who was Alicia. Well, I'm sure yesterday it was in the news... uh, all news bulletins yesterday evening on TV and this was the climate change that was taking place the summit yesterday in New York. Well, Alicia O'Sullivan from Skibbereen, uh, she was nominated by the Department of Foreign Affairs as the Irish representative to attend the first UN Youth Climate Action Summit in New York. Uh, she met with uh, Taoiseach Leif Racker on Monday and she's asked to bring back the energy of the passion of the young people here in the UN so she can 
turn around the world climate action and a lot of talk about climate action over the last days away from the protests on Friday here in Cork by students and now at this particular summit in New York yesterday of course the main feature of this summit uh, while there was a lot of young people from all over the world speaking like Alicia from Ireland from Skibbereen speaking on behalf of the Irish there at the particular summit the big talking point is, of course, the Swedish two girl, Greta Thunberg, who addressed the summit yesterday afternoon because she claimed political leaders are failing her generation. What did you make of her speech yesterday? Here is some of that from Greta Thunberg yesterday from that summit in New York. The popular idea of cutting our emissions in half in 10 years only gives us a 50% chance of staying below 1.5 degrees and the risk of setting off irreversible chain reactions beyond human control. How dare you pretend that this can be sold with just business as usual and some technical solutions? Well, that's Greta Thunberg yesterday at the particular summit in New York. A mixed reaction to that, though. Uh, Michael on text earlier this morning saying, while I agree with all what everybody is trying to do and the young people regarding uh, trying to save the planet, and indeed we do need to look at climate change and we do need to cut back on fuel and plastic. But Michael is making the point that I wonder how many of these young people, when they leave school, into college life and indeed into work life, will their mindset change and will they realise how ruthless the world is in the end. Uh, that's Michael on text 0862103103. Your view on that is welcome. On the way next though we're going to get your view on the local property tax. All of us in Cork County will be paying an extra 5% on our property tax because councillors have voted to increase the local property tax here in Cork County. We'll discuss that next. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. Cork County councillors have voted to increase the local property tax for Cork County. The vote in favour by 27 to 24 will see an increase in the basic rate of the tax by 5%. The variation in the local property tax rate applies for one year from the next due date. Well, the County Councillor Alan O'Connor from from Cove, he proposed the motion to increase the local property tax and Alan joins me. Alan, good morning to you. Good morning, John Paul. Hi. And first of all, just why did you propose this and why do councillors want to increase the property tax in Cork County at a time where many households are struggling with the increase in groceries, in fuel costs? Yeah, I understand. Um, John Paul, the reason I proposed it, I suppose, at the council meeting yesterday was, well, twofold. I suppose, first of all, I felt in the in the various speeches and the debate that we had in the chamber that Several councillors were in favour of the proposal to increase the the property tax and that if there was a proposal, I thought there was a good chance it would be carried. And the reason then in the first place, I suppose the fundamental reason why I thought a proposal was necessary was was on foot of the financial report we received from the chief executive, which indicated that if there were even no variation in the local property tax rate, that certain services would be in danger of um, not being able to maintain their current levels. And what type of services are in danger? We're talking about the discretionary spending fund, which is the money that Cork County Council has the freedom to spend. And those would go into several local and community projects, such as town development funds, housing maintenance, um, extensions on houses, boiler maintenance, funding your outdoor spaces and amenities, etc., etc., I suppose basically, and I know it is asking people to pay that little bit more money, but what I thought, and I think several of the councillors 
in fact, probably the majority would have agreed that the benefits accruing to the community would outweigh the the cost that's being asked that they're being asked to bear in the increase. Well, when we look at the increase, for example, if an average house, let's say, that's cost between 200 and 250,000 euros, uh, they will pay at the moment about 405 euros in the property tax. With the 5%, they will approximately now pay 425 euros. So it will go up for some by about 25 to 30 euros for this particular new year, which I think usually starts in November or December. A lot of people, though, over the last uh, few minutes and indeed yesterday afternoon when the announcement was made are asking... You mentioned the areas there for council houses and repairing them and, and fixing items within council houses and public communities. A lot of people are saying, though, what do we get back? Because look at our footpaths in various towns. They're falling apart. People have to contact electricity companies for public lighting repair. And if you live in the likes of a road from, let's say, Dunamore to Coachford, you don't have public lighting. If you build a house there, you have to sink your own well to get your own public water, or to get your own water supply. You can't get public water supply in a lot of rural areas. So people in rural areas are going, well, I'm not getting anything for this particular tax, but yes, I have to pay the extra 25 to 30 euro that maybe some in towns or villages might see some particular advantage. But even at that, people living in towns and villages are asking, what are we getting at this stage? Because there's been no given evidence over the last three or four years. Yeah, I understand. If I can approach your question or your point in in two aspects of your point, the first being the amount of money that people will have to pay. And yes, people in that band, you're correct, they will have to pay maybe 20, 25 euro more a year. But the assessment from Cork County Council is that 83% of households in the county would fall into um, the band before that, which would place their houses at less than 200,000. So the increase for 83% of households in Cork amounts to approximately €15.75 a year, which is about 30 cents a week. Now, it's not nothing, but it's it's slightly less for most people. And in terms of the return, yeah, certainly, with more money, we could do a lot more, I think, in the council. Um, And perhaps the effects that are seen are subtle and they're not very widespread. And of course, yeah, footpaths are broken down. Lighting needs to be replaced. And... All I can say is that when I voted yesterday, it was with the impression that things could be even worse. But, you know, funding goes into things like, you know, when I go to outdoor space and amenities and what people get back from the money they put into the council, you're talking about things like, you know, the regional park in Ballincollig and Carrigtool Millennium Park and things like that. Those were things, the regional park now in the city, of course, but those are things, they're subtle, but the money will go towards them it will filter its way down in well that and where it actually goes will be decided in the in the upcoming budget discussions in november but i think people would rather see from the local property tax point of view uh, that it would be invested in the likes of structural dis- or improvements, uh, for example, footpaths and roads. Uh, the majority of texts we got yesterday evening and indeed this morning again is the road networks and minor uh, rural roads whereby there is massive potholes and people are just looking at these and saying, OK, very well to have the areas in Ballincollig or Carrick too, have those particular uh, parks being invested in. But surely when the public are paying for this particular tax, they would like to see what they use every day uh, invested in. And, th- and that is footpaths. I mean, it was initially spoken about that it was public lighting, footpaths, uh, roads was going to benefit from the local property tax. Yeah. Um, I mean, roads would be one part of the equation, I think, which was in danger 
if there were no increase. The report we had yesterday from the chief executive said that no increase could have led to potential reductions in expenditure on things like roads. But the thing is, Alan, last year there was no increase and year before Mm -hmm. and again, before when the property tax wasn't reduced and people started forking out the money to pay that, we saw no improvement in our roads. Like any improvement that was made was on the big roads, the big infrastructural roads and a lot of that was done by the TII. But on rural roads... For example, maybe the the band on the Clonakilty Road, maybe you go from McCroom to Mill Street, those type of roads, they have seen no major improvement over the last while. Yes, there's been resurfacing, that type of thing, but nothing major to justify the cost of this. What I would say is that, I mean, the difference with um, the 5% increase overall to the council's budget is 1.5 million spread throughout those various areas that I mentioned. Um, a A reduction in the local property tax would have been 1.5 million less to work with. So, I mean, in the overall scheme of things, in the county council's budget of 300, 340 million, whatever it will be for 2020, it isn't a drastic amount of money to make those kind of, I think, large-scale infrastructural changes. Now, the councils um, are systematically going through the roads to improve the road surfaces as they can. But I'd understand those that criticism that no, many roads are in a bad state and I suppose they need more funding, more work. And do you understand why people are angry that they don't see the evidence of the tax from, the money from this tax being used? Um, I, I, look, I do understand that people are unhappy that they have to pay more money. Um, but even without the money, I, what they paid last year and the year before, people still haven't seen any change locally to their services. I suppose the changes will be subtle because the amount of money isn't huge, but the changes are very real. Like the Town Development Fund, for example, was able to give for my 625,000 towards, you know, footpath refurbishment, public realm enhancements, painting schemes. These are things that are going on all the time under the surface. Not, not, ev- not all of that would come from this increase necessarily. This increase supplements and enhances those kind of programs. By, by a little bit every year to try to maintain services at their current level or maybe improve them just that little bit and the difference is subtle I'll give you that And while you say the difference is subtle you've mentioned how the money has been used is it a case so that the money needs to be spread across the county in a better way? Um, perhaps perhaps um, I suppose a lot of these um Various projects and initiatives go to very specific communities that apply for them. But, I mean, villages and towns and, say, the the village renewal scheme can apply throughout the county for these these grants, which, which the extra money would accrue to. And when a lot of people have been on to us asking, okay, who voted for this? Who wanted the particular increase? Uh, the uh, What I can see here is that the proposal was backed. Obviously, you had the proposal and the motion down. It was a vote of 27 votes to 24 voted for the increase. It was backed by the Green Party, Fine Gael, Labour and two independents. And I know everything will be on the council website. Anyhow, uh, Fianna Fáil, though, did not want to increase this because they have said regrettably, and this came from uh, Fianna Fáil Council Seamus McGrath who said uh, the existing property tax which was introduced in 2013 which was supposed to deliver a better services for a community it has failed Yeah well the property tax itself of course isn't perfect as as, as, um, 
as Councillor McGrath mentioned in the in the debate yesterday. Um, it, it was a difficult choice, but the um, where we were in Cork County Council yesterday was we had a decision to make on where we get our money and where we get our discretionary spending. And this is one of the few areas in which we can increase that discretionary spending, which is money we can spend on these local and community projects. And so I guess, and I can't speak for the colleagues who voted for, but I presume we all voted in favour of this increase so that we could maintain current services because there's no guarantee with increasing costs and with increasing demand on services that with a, a local property tax freeze that we would have been able to meet even the current um, level of service that we were providing. And a lot of this is this down to, and you mentioned it earlier regarding the boundary changes and the fact now the council has lost out on big areas, big urban areas, for example, Ballincollig, are is finance tight in Cork County Council because of what has happened? We knew this was going to be an issue, but is it going to really affect services and could we see another increase next year? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I know that Cork County Council receives will receive um, a fund for the next te- 10 years, I believe to compensate for the loss of income resulting from the county boundary change. Um, I can't necessarily say for certain that this particular LPT change was as a result of that. Um, When it comes to next year, what will happen is the local property tax will revert to 0%, the 0.18% level, and council will have another decision on its hands, whether to increase, um, freeze or decrease up to 15% either way. But for the moment, for this year anyhow, regardless of whether people like it or not, you voted yesterday and a 5% increase is going to take place uh, from the next due date, which is usually around November, start of December. Uh, For the moment, Alan, uh, thank you for joining us this morning uh, on that particular issue on the increase in the local property tax. Uh, That's Green Party Councillor Alan O'Connor. Your views are welcome on that. Do you agree with Alan? Do you feel there is areas of the county whereby the local property tax has been invested and you have seen improvement? Or are you like more of our listeners who feel, sorry, I live in a certain town and I'm in a rural area. I do not see any improvement from the local property tax or like a lot of people who are living in areas whereby they have to provide their own services and they're simply paying the tax because they have to by law but they're getting nothing whatsoever back in return. Your views are welcome on that 1850-333-103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Uh, a lot of texts on this I will get back to your calls and comments on the property tax one text uh, sends me a screenshot of a a report from a Dublin newspaper and says JP we will all have to move to Dublin because the councillors in Dublin they have voted as well yesterday but they have voted to keep the property tax cut in Dublin City so they're voting on the 15% property tax cut is going to be kept in Dublin City and that was a voter that was the councillors in Dublin who voted for that whereas here in Cork County uh, they have voted to increase it by 5%. Lines open. Uh, your views are welcome on that. 1850 333 Value for money or not, the local property tax. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. Your tweet at C103 Cork. The latest from the Beef Talks. What's happening? And will farmers get their base price they want for beef? Discussing that next. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. The Beef Plan Movement wants to engage with meat processors immediately to implement the additional bonuses and other measures that were agreed at their particular meeting last weekend. Helen O'Sullivan joins me from the Beef Plan Movement. Helen, good morning to you. 
Good morning, John Paul. How are you? Helen, over this weekend, we've seen the pickets finishing up. Uh, they were finishing on Friday night and the last number of pickets finished on Saturday evening. And while farmers now have stepped away from the meat plants, they now want to implement the majority what was agreed two weeks ago at that particular meeting. But what we're hearing here, Helen, and I'm sure yourself as well, the big issue is they want a base price for beef. I haven't heard anything agreed about that yet. That's right, John Paul. Well, first of all, could I, I'd like to thank um, Michael Collins, the independent TD, who played a very significant role last Saturday negotiating between the ABC factory in Bandon and the farmers on the picket line to get them to step down the protest. And also I'd like to thank Danny Healy Ray, who called to the site last Thursday night to assist in these negotiations. And yes, that's correct, the, the farmers, they have stood down from outside ABC Bandon and all the rest of the factories throughout the country, John Paul. Um, I suppose, you know, the, the farmers were also aware of the backlog of cattle that were to be slaughtered, so they were conscious of that. Um, the farmers have held up their side of the deal by standing down all the protests, so now it's up to the meat industry of Ireland uh, to carry out their side of the deal. Uh, so far, they haven't given us an increase in the base price, unfortunately. Now, and having said that, Liffey Meats up the country in Barry James Duff and in Banlasloe, they have increased their base price by five cents. So with that and the additional bonuses, that's bringing it up to 13 cents. So that's a huge uplift to the farmers up there, you know. But so, as regards factories here in Cork, nothing extra yes, as yet. Nothing, nothing extra as yet down around here um, in, the, in this side of the country, John Paul. But we would hope that the factories would engage. Um, again, like we've mentioned already, we're the first farm organisation to be a registered producer organisation. So we would hope that the factories would engage with us through that. Uh, that way we can talk uh, about price for the farmer. So I'd be urging all of the factories, ABP in Bandon, uh, Dawn Meats in Charleville, um, Watergrass Hill, to come out now and engage with the beef plan and this producer organisation and to give the farmers a decent base price that we can work off of and then add in the bonuses immediately. And they have agreed to the bonuses initially, haven't they? They have. That's all agreed on um, since the talks last uh, from September, 15th of September, John Paul. So what we're really kind of hoping for now would be that the factories, you know, would, would step up to the mark here and say, look, OK, we know we've been making money for years. It is now time to give a little bit back to the farmer that has spent nearly a total of eight weeks, John Paul, on the picket lines day and night. They're kept away from their families kept away from their farms, their whole lives were put on hold. So I think it's time now that there was a bit of respect shown to the farmer and that the meat industry come out and give them a decent base price and add on those bonuses and, you know, make it worthwhile what they're doing. Because it's not easy, as you all know, the farmers don't have weekends off or they don't get holidays and they're up during the night calving down cows and they're they're the main customer of the factory. So I think it's time now the factories come out and appreciate the farmer. And when factories in other parts of the country can do so, surely that means then those here in Cork will be able to follow on and the bonuses they'll have to pay anyhow because that has been agreed. So they will pay those, I'm sure, once the cattle get into the particular factory. But with regards to the beef price, would you be happy if the Cork factories gave the same five cents extra as has happened in the factories up the country? Well, I suppose I'd be a lot happier if they'd give 50 cents extra, John Paul. That would bring us up to, to nearly the cost of production. And I'm sure that the farmers would be a lot happier as well. But look, you know, it would be a stepping stone if they'd come up and give us some fair decent price, maybe like, you know, like the five cent above of the country, or perhaps they could even go more because five cent is 
Not a lot. Not a huge amount, you know, mm. so if they could come up to 20 cent of the base price and, you know, and add, add on from there. Um, you know, like, it, 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 we didn't get the best deal in the world, but at the same time, I would see it as a stepping stone to get to where we want to get. And, and if, if, a, if a base price though is agreed, and let's say it is 20% or, or whatever, can you yeah. go back over time then and agree a higher base price? Yes, I would imagine, like, you know, with the fluctuation in the market, things go up and down. So I'd imagine things would go up, you know, uh, normally when cattle gets get scarcer, the price of cattle would come up. Uh, when we find new markets, hopefully this, these Chinese that came over here a couple of weeks ago, I'm sure they'll be very impressed with the setup here in Bandon and throughout the country of Ireland. They know we have the best uh, grass-fed system in the whole world and the best beef in the whole world. So I'm very sure this will be a new market for us. So I would hope then the prices would come up and, you know, come up above the cost of production. And, and give the farmer a fair chance here and give, give the farmer an opportunity to make a profit because the farmer is the only one that's not making anything here, John Paul, and everyone else seems to be making something off of the farmer's back. And how soon do you think you can enter those negotiations and chat with the factories and you will have an answer regarding the base price? Well, again, like I said, we have this, we're the first farm organisation to have this producer organisation. Now, we would urge the farmers to come to us. Uh, they can come to me for the, for the Cork region. And for different regions throughout the country, there were different reps there in the beef plan. So the, the sooner they engage with us uh, through this organisation, the sooner we can get a, a, a base price and work on that. And the sooner the cattle can be getting their, their, or the farmers can get their cattle in through to the factories and, you know, start making a little bit of money back because we're coming into the winter now, John Paul. As you can see, the weather has broken. Cattle will have to be fed. It's going to add even more stress and pressure, both mentally and financially, onto the farmer. So is it that farmers have to go to you and then you go in and agree a price for certain farmers or do you agree with a price yes. for everybody under your organisation well, regardless? We do, we, beef plant would be like an umbrella for these farmers as such. So we'll say, uh, for example, if you wanted to join up that jump on wheat farms, you fill them out. Uh, if we have X amount of cattle, then we would go to, we'll say, ADP and Bandon. We'll say, look, we have X amount of cattle. Can you give us a good deal on this? You know, so we, we'd negotiate on behalf of the farmers. So um, if you have no, 20 farmers under you, under your umbrella, then yeah. they, you get the base price for those particular 20 farmers. But if there's another 20 who are not under your umbrella, well, they won't get the increased base price. Well, yes. Well, we, we, we would be able to agree. Like, we're in a position to talk now since we've become, become this suggested producer organisation. All along, you couldn't talk price. So now we're the only, only farm organisation that can do that. So the farmers would be better off to be in our farm organisation. Uh, to to make use out of this new group that we have now. So know? it won't be a base price just for every single farmer. The base price will only be for farmers who are part of your organisation. Yes, that's what we'd be hoping yeah. for. Well, in general, we'd hope that the factories would raise the base price anyway, outside mm. of any group. Do you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? And then we'd also hope to go in then and try and can see, can, see can, can we get a better price for them? You know, because the base price is very low at the moment, John Paul. It's like three forty five, and it costs us roughly around four twenty, four thirty per kg to make. You know, to produce that meat. So as you can see, they're way below. It's way, way below. below yeah. Way below. And the independent farmers of Ireland, they have said if everything works out with these particular talks and the task force proposals agreed last week are implemented, that they will cease to exist then after this. Are you confident now that as the farmers have moved, it's up to the factories to follow, that you will now get a base price here in Cork and follow the factories of the country? And how soon will you get the base price? Are we talking weeks, two weeks, three weeks? Oh God, we, we'd be hoping today. You know, every day is, is too long because like I said, there's a lot of cattle to come in now. Mm. You know, so therefore um, we need to get this base price today 
and we need to get the whole lot of the disagreement that was agreed in the talks that that needs to be up and running like the the beef task force is another thing and independent regulator needs to go into the factory to regulate the grading and there's an awful lot of things that need to be implemented now not not next week so i mean in fairness the farmers you know they stuck to their side of the deal and they've done what they were asked to do so now we're asking the meat industry to come out now immediately and stand up to the, you know to their part of, of the agreement and briefly, what do you say to the factories who have come out and say they are now having a shortage of labour workers in the particular factories because of the curtailments in the beef industry and the capacity issues? What do you say to those factories who say they're struggling to get staff? Well, yeah, there's a lot of talk about that at the moment, John Paul. Like, I, I've, I've heard a rumour. I'm not 100% sure how correct this is, but apparently there has been no cattle killed in Bandon since the protest was stepped on because apparently their staff is over in Poland in a factory working over there. So they're waiting for their staff to come back. So that so, could be one of the issues that they've moved their staff elsewhere and they're just so they getting them back now. Okay. To different right. factories. So I think that may be a problem there. But look, the sooner the factories come on board and, and get this up and running, the sooner the staff can go back to working. Work. We know their families are relying on them to bring in a wage. We don't want to see them out of, out of employment. Again, the farmer can go back to doing what they do best and that's farming the land and, and, and producing this fantastic product. So, you know, w- once the factories come and engage with us, the sooner they do, the sooner we can get the ball rolling here. OK, well, we'll wait and see what happens, uh, Helen. Thanks for joining us this morning with that Thanks particular update. That Helen O'Sullivan there from the beef plant movement here in, in our, the south in the Cork region. And as we said, well, the farmers have moved. Now it's time for the factories to follow. Good morning to you. Our lines are open. Bernie takes your comments this morning, 1850-333-103. Or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can email jp at c103.ie or you can tweet this morning at C103 Cork. Now we've had a lot of commentary in regarding our conversation with uh, Cork County Councillor Alan O'Connor of the Green Party from Cove who proposed the motion to increase the local property tax. A lot of people unhappy with the increase in that councillors have increased the property tax by 5%. Uh, This was backed by the Green Party, Fianna Gael, Labour and two independents uh, within County Hall. Fianna Fáil did not back this particular proposal and other independents also did not back that particular proposal but it did go through by 27 to 24 which means now we are all playing in Cork County anyhow we will all pay 5% more on our property tax and just to give you an example and I put this to Alan in the last hour for example if your property is priced between 200,000 and 250,000 and you currently pay 405 euros now with this increase you'll be paying 425 euros the next due date for your property tax so roughly for everybody paying an extra 25 to 30 euro on your property tax now a lot of commentary in on this Um, first of all a uh, texter here uh, no name on this but saying this government are jumping at the chance to tax a fuel well it's not their it's their fault that they've closed rural Ireland while all of us must travel 40 miles to work and to hospitals and spend hours in traffic jams electric cars is what the government is on about these days but they must get government funding and also then we have our young people marching Someone needs to speak to these young people as well because while they are marching about climate change, I feel they should march about the devastation in young lives caused by drugs that is here and now. All of this is just a mess and it's plain to see, says that particular texter. Uh, On WhatsApp, why does anyone have to pay the property tax when they have paid already when buying the house or building their own house with stamp duty, etc.? That's a good point. When you're uh, purchasing a home, you pay stamp duty, so you're paying enough without 
then paying property tax following that. Uh, text to here on uh, saying, Hi, JP, I am living in Cove, but not in the town. We have a water pump and a septic tank, which we have to maintain ourselves. Where do they think we are going to get the money from? And especially the pensioners and low-income households. Plus, the road and path drainage is shocking in Cove and the council don't do anything to clear them, says that person on text. Another uh, Tim here on WhatsApp who says, I live in the country and I maintain my own house, my own boiler and my own well. So... Why should I be expected to subsidise repairs and extensions to council houses? Surely the council should get the money from the council householders. There should be also a property tax on council houses, feels Tim. I'm paying a mortgage and I still have to pay my property tax along with commercial rates, says Tim on WhatsApp. While Heidi says, oh no, here we go again. Rob the blind. It was said when this property tax came in by a lot that this was setting a pre and it would rise. Uh, the Green Party uh, now are in council and the policies they have are going to kill us. We have enough to put up with in rural areas as we have overgrown hedges. They can't be cut. We don't have street lighting. So what are we paying for? This really is the limit as people we are trying to live our lives bring up families but still we are left right and centre and high and dry should we stay in Dublin maybe but the Dublin property tax has been left as it is and if you look at Dublin to what they have compared to us here in Cork it's a joke and all they do here is trying to take more money out of us says Heidi on WhatsApp to 0862103103 on text Maria saying the regional park that Anna mentioned is now in the hands of Cork City Council so monies from the county won't be going there anymore And what about the potholes on my road? I live in the country and nothing was ever done with our area. So why should we pay more? Asks Maria on text and... Uh, not a text to hear, no name in this, but uh, on the LPT to increase, uh, this person says when the private sector uh, public require extra money, they have to put a business family plan together and then go to a financial institution and fight their case. Listening to that councillor is the same old story with the public service. Get the moolah and we'll see what will happen. Good point uh, from that texter. Michael says, I live in Newcastle. I have no footpath, no lighting, uh, no internet, no bus, no park, no playground. I have my own well. I'm a 20 to 30 minute drive from Banning College, but let you tax me on my fuel to get there and on my house to live in a place with absolutely nothing, uh, says Michael. And another person on text saying, what planet is that councillor on? We have seen nothing whatsoever here since this fraudulent tax was brought in. No no hedge cutting, no road repairs. And as usual, it's pay for their big wages. It's not the councillor's money. It's our hard-earned money that is keeping that council going. And another person on text saying, that man is talking total rubbish. I am in my 50s and I'm lucky enough to have paid my house now. I am paying again, though, for the roads where I live. Uh, but they're in a total disgrace. I don't have street lights. I don't have footpaths. I choose to live in rural Ireland and the council have forgotten about us even though uh, you are paying the local property tax uh, like so many other people. You have nothing to see in return from that. On the issue of when Alan was mentioning Banning Colleague, uh, Banning College is past of the city area. House prices are increasing and tax on higher house values is more than it is 
is more than if it is a grip vote in the next election. This reflects in the tax money being spent on councillor junkets. I think what you're getting out there is if you go past Ballincollig uh, to the likes of Ovens and Fernands and Arhala and all those areas, even Cladouf, house prices have increased there a lot over the last number of years. And because Ballincollig itself is in the city, but if you go from Ovens downwards, that's in the county. And because Ballincollig has now got so built up, very little houses there to purchase or even rent in that particular area. But to purchase, you'll find it hard to get a, a decent house now to purchase in Ballincollig at a reasonable price. It's one of the highest areas, I think, in Cork and I think across the country. Ballincollig was one of the fastest growing areas for house prices in the last two years. And because of that, outer areas heading west. So as I mentioned, ovens, Arhala, those type areas, the prices have gone up there in the county so because the prices there might have been 200,000 a few years ago they now crept up to nearly 300,000 or more depending on the kind of house you want the council will get more money from that because of the knockoff of Ballincolly being too expensive and basically being full the capacity for houses it's moving down uh, the road and the council are going to win from those particular major uh, value increase in house prices uh, Norma in Bandon uh, feels that the Green Party are just off their rockers what are are we going to do when Brexit hits us? We already are in an awful state and the property tax should pay for more litter wardens. The whole place is destroyed with dog falling. Jim says, I have no problem paying the local property tax, but I do like to see a return for my investment and I have to agree, even though uh, while I agreed at the initial start of bringing in a local property tax, I have to agree with some of your callers, JP, this morning, hearing how some in rural areas are receiving nothing back for their money. It is unfair and I feel this tax increase while it is justified on some parts by the council uh, something needs to be done and they need to look at how Cork County is divided up when it comes to the local property taxes. Jim Mary in Mallow council workers were around patching footpaths and leaving the rest broken yesterday so it's a bit of a waste of money from the council and when people leave council houses the council then comes in strips the house back to the bare bones it's such a waste of money and effort. Also, why are there so many council houses left idle for so long? Again, waste of money and people would be willing to move into a house and do their own repairs, says Mary in Mallow. John at Mitchellstown says the property tax is all going towards the water charges fields. John, they have been, uh, there have been no improvements in Mitchellstown from the local property tax in the last number of years. And Jerry is in Glanton on the local property tax and he says when this was introduced into the country, it was at a very time when the country wasn't doing well. But now the country is running well again. They should do away with the tax. The footpaths are in an awful state. Uh, there is new bridges being built over the River Lee in the city centre that no one really needs and Jerry pays business rates in Cork and he says the rates are way too high. It is nearly impossible to stay in business and then the council, he feels, are wasting this particular money. And Dennis on text wants to know where, if the chief executive of the council and others in power in the council, uh, are they taking a 5% pay cut because of this particular pay increase? Well, we mentioned the councillors there, uh, well, the parties there who did vote for this particular pay or increase in uh, the local property tax. One of those who voted against uh, the local property tax increase yesterday was independent councillor Declan Hurley. He joined me. Declan, good morning. Good morning to you. 
Good morning, JP. Declan, you've heard there some of the reaction from listeners right across the county who feel this is unfair. The majority, though, do say if they saw a return for this property tax, they would have no problem paying it because at least they'd see something, a return for their investment. But the majority are seeing nothing uh, back as an investment. And they feel what was done yesterday is very unfair to those in the county. Do you agree with those? And is that why you voted against this? Absolutely. I certainly I couldn't disagree with any of the comments that have come in this morning from your listeners. And um, this is a tax that I would have been very unhappy with from day one. Uh, we all know when the tax came in and why it came in uh, when we were in the middle of a recession. It was just basically another tax uh, to get money off the general public. Um, I suppose my own view is that uh, here in, in the West Cork area, we're not going to see very much uh, for that 5% increase. And the problem lies in, in the sense that uh, our local government fund, which is the fund we get, our general discretionary fund from the government, has been cut year on year. Uh, and this tax now has been put in just as a kind of a, a caveat uh, for councillors that if uh, we are short of money, um, like as what we were presented yesterday, the, the threat of um, cuts in services, that we have that discretion to increase or decrease the, the property tax. Um, but I think your listeners have uh, pointed out very well this morning that um, what uh, we're getting for our money um, isn't v- visible on the ground. It was a democratic was vote. I against it yesterday. Yeah, and it was a democratic vote uh, yesterday in County Hall. And because 27 votes to 24, it meant it, did, it will come in uh, and we will we'll see that 5% increase right across the county. Are you annoyed to ask your party colleagues in the Green Party, in Fine Gael, in Labour, and indeed two of your independent colleagues who voted this through? Yeah, look, I suppose we, we're always aware that this is, is a decision we have uh, every year and there, there's many debates before uh, our meetings when we actually do make the decision on the day. But yes, certainly I would have been, I suppose, disappointed in the sense I, I do think the picture that was painted to us yesterday uh, from an executive point of view was, I think, maybe uh, top-heavy from the point of view of just being maybe very, very bleak, that it may not be as bad as what it is. But at the end of the day, like when you see a 5% increase, um, the, when, it, when you break it down, it is very, very small. It's just over a million euro. Um, I, I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact on the ground or in the general of overall conference of the council so um, I think disappointed that I think maybe some maybe have been a little bit naive in the sense of, of calling for a 5% increase um, at the end of the day the budget is where we the members decide where the money uh, goes or is directed at the services like so I think we were maybe a little bit um, taken uh, maybe a step in, uh, too far yesterday in the sense of I think maybe panicking uh, introducing um, an increase of 5% so uh, yes not happy with the outcome yesterday certainly but look next year is another year but we have to to live with the decision that's taken um, yesterday and try and get as much as we can uh, for the 5% increase. But uh, again, I would have to agree with your listeners, uh, we're not going to see it um, in, in certainly in the rural towns and villages where it's needed most and where the impact of services. But again, the other point I'd like to make is this is probably coming um, following a kind of a flawed county-city boundary. Um, it was the point we were trying to make a way back at the beginning when this county uh, debacle was going on is that the, the areas are going to get hit first were going to be the rural areas. And now now that the um, the boundary change has kicked in, uh, we see that um, services are being impinged. But again, it's the rural areas are going to be hit first. So that is a concern going forward. But I don't think that the general public and the household out there should be picking up the tab when the government should be stepping in and increasing our uh, general um, government fund as they did before. You mentioned rural areas there. I was asking uh, Alan O'Connor, the councillor from Cove, who proposed this motion yesterday to... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. 
until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really really want it all to work out while you're away. monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Increase the local property tax. Just an example on where the local property tax goes because no one could actually see evidence of this and they were mentioning parks in the likes of Balancolic and Carrigtool and those areas, very urban areas. Do you feel that it needs to be spread properly across the county? Because it seems from what I'm getting stats-wise this morning from other councillors who are telling me of projects, it's really areas very close to the city, but I'm not hearing anything being invested in Newmarket or Mitchellstown or Kenturk or Castletown Bear or Skibbereen or, or those areas it seems to be very much areas near the city um, I suppose that, that argument has to be trashed out yes but certainly yes if everybody is paying in uh, paying the property tax it should be spread evenly over the county and again the point was made yesterday uh, in a different motion by Councillor Murphy that uh, given the scale and the size of the county uh, we're completely um, I think in a disadvantage in the point of view of the amount of money we do get and again the property tax there is uh, a local the certain amount of the property tax that we're going to pay this year is going to go and uh, service other counties like Leitrim's, uh, the smaller counties that don't have the population. So I think in there, again, there's another unfairness that some of the money that the people here in Cork are going to pay is going to go to fund service in other counties. So what we pay our property tax won't even come here to invest in Cork? You're saying it's going not, to... Not, not, not all of it. We, not all of it goes here. It's still going to other we, counties. Yes, we get to keep a percentage of it, but more um, more of it then goes to um, provide services in other counties that don't have uh, a, a big population. Yeah, I wonder if the people in Leitrim don't see any return for their investment either <laughs> in the local property tax. It's a very rural county, a bit like parts of Cork here. And do you think, Declan, the Green Wave, because the Green Party proposed this and when the local elections were on, a lot of Green Party councillors emerged into the council and people were delighted because of climate change. I'm not getting that feeling this morning. From a political point of view, uh, from your own view, do you think the Green Wave is in trouble now here with these type of implementations? Well, but look, we have to be fair in the sense of everybody has their own views and approaches to the policies and to where, where money is. So I think certainly we have to be, I think there has to be a balanced approach across the board and how we approach um, the measures or how we're going to cut, say, um, if the, the carbon credits and all that. But I think it, it, it's not fair that you come down in, in any one particular sector or industry um, or community. So I think we have to be very mindful going forward that we are fair and balanced 
in the decisions we take. And, and certainly, I suppose, a decision like yes, you know, is just one example of, of being, I think, um, not panicking or kind of, um, I think, rushing ahead and making decisions that are going to impact on people um, that are not well off or that maybe would have um, uh, possibly they're going to have a negative impact on incomes for families that don't have that income to give the extra 5%. Okay, well, as the debate rages on, it's not much anybody can do at this stage. It is going up by 5% for the moment, Declan. Thanks for contacting us this morning. That is Independence Councillor Declan Hurley. On his view, he voted against the particular increase in the local property tax, uh, but uh, more voted in favour, and that's why it is on the increase. Your views are welcome. 1850 We mentioned the beef uh, discussions that are ongoing at the moment and how the beef movement plan are trying to get a base price for farmers here in the Cork area. Uh, uh, Helen O'Sullivan was joining us from the Beef Movement earlier in the programme. Uh, she mentioned TDs that were attending the protest and Pat and Clonacilty says, but what about all the other TDs that attended? Helen did not mention the other TDs out of those that she did mention, while John and Clonacilty, what is the cost to join Helen's particular group? Uh, well, the Beef Movement plan, the cost to join, Helen says, is €10. Euros. So they have the forms, if you want to fill out the forms to join the Beef Movement plan, it is €10 euro cost to John and Thank you for your text 0862103103. We're going to find out why the private sector retirement age should be raised to 70 next. C103 Jobs. On today's job spot, we have opportunities for the Bantry Bay Hotel. They have vacancies for chefs of all grades, kitchen porter and indeed a bar restaurant manager. Full details on the C103 website at c103.ie. Personal lines manager or administrator is required for a busy insurance brokerage in Bandon. Email your CV to billy at o'neillinsurances.ie. And the poachers Inn in Bandon requires a waiter or waitresses. Two years experience is necessary. Contact them at 02. 388-411-59. And you'll find these details and a lot more on c103.ie forward slash job. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Many people who retire at 65 still have to wait another two to three years to get the state pension. Councillor Noel McCarthy from Formoy feels the private sector retirement age should be increased to 70 for that particular reason alone. And he joins me. Good morning to you, Noel. Good morning, John Paul. Now, you raised this at the local council meeting yesterday. Basically, this discriminates those in the private sector because in the public sector, those arrangements have been put in place, but not yet in private companies. And many feel that they just have to leave at 65. The companies leave them no choice. Yes, John Paul, and you made very good points about it there. Yesterday, I brought up the council meeting and I got support for us to write to the minister on the situation because in the private sector, when you get to 65 or 66 now, you have to leave. And a lot of these people, like in the public sector, feel that they have a lot to offer experience, knowledge and skill set. And they want to continue that. I have the choice to continue that, John Paul, because that's the most important word here, the choice that to be able to do it. If they still want to retire at 66, they can. But if they'd like to keep working up to 70, the choice should be there like the public sector has. And I feel that the private sector should get this opportunity to do that. Because a lot of private companies don't want them to go. And what they do is, whereby they, they do, at 65, some are forcing people to leave and they feel that's the law of the land and they feel companies 
that maybe have a parent company who are very strict about particular laws, they have to implement that. So they do that. But then some companies will bring them back under a contract because they realise what an asset they are, what experience they have, not only in the company, but life experience they can bring to younger colleagues. And that's another reason why even private companies would rather uh, these particular uh, people who reach 65 stay on another three, four or five years if they wish to stay on, of course. Of course, and I think that's and that's what I said yesterday, and that's what my colleagues supported me on that they'd be given the choice and the opportunity to do that because you said it all there. They have these people have so much to give. I spoke to one particular man lately. He said, "No, I don't want to leave my job at sixty-six. I'd love to stay on. I think I have a lot more to offer, and I think that person should be given that opportunity to do that, and people like him because." As they have the skill set and the experience cannot be got. And also, I think we're saving money. To, if they keep on working, they're not drawing their pension till a later stage. And that must be saving money for the country as well. So I think overall, I think it's, it should be given. And not these people should be discriminated against and given the same opportunities as the public sector. The main reason here... The yeah, but the main reason here is people, if they do go at 65, they do have to wait another two or three years because of rules brought in and basically anybody born after a certain date in 1955, they cannot reach their pension or avail of their state pension until they're either 67 or 68. Many at that stage could be waiting two years or three years for the pension if you're paying your mortgage, if you have a child in college still. You're, you're facing a situation whereby you have a deficit coming into the households. Money stops all of us them. Yeah, and, and, and it's very disheartening for them as well that they'd have to go down to their social welfare office, maybe in some cases that they've worked 30 or 40 years in a company and feel, no, we have to wait two years to draw our pension down and we have to go down to the social welfare office to get some payments there, which they don't want to do. And I think that's really disheartening to them and they should be allowed to continue work up till 70 if they so do so. And I think that's very important. I hope that the minister will look at this like he did with the with the silver servants and make that option available to everyone in the private sector. Because if it's in the public so sector, it should be reflected in the private sector as well. So everybody's on the one field. So what happens yeah. now? I mean, your, your motion has gone in. It's going to the minister. I doubt they're going to look at the pension age and bring everything back to 65 for, for the state pension, that is. But what will happen? Well, I hope that the Minister will do exactly what he did with the civil servants and give the option to say at 66 you can stay on. But if you want the option to stay, like the public sector, it's there for you and people have that choice at least to do that. So I'm hoping that the Minister will respond positively to the letter and that we'll have more going forward. We can go on to our, our, our TDs and Ministers to make sure that it will be implemented. I think this is a, this is a very timely motion and the people that brought it to my attention will really now want to see what action will be taken going forward. That's what they're looking Because they don't want to retire at 66, most of these people. They don't want to retire. Okay, no. before I let you go, uh, and a, a lot of people agree with you on that particular point, so that they feel they have to leave a company when they don't want to go because of the age, there for, especially in the private companies. But before I let you go, we're discussing most of the morning of the show about the local property tax, which was uh, increased by 5% at a vote yesterday in County Hall. You're a Fine Gael councillor. You're one of the ones that voted for this. People are not happy at the increase. They feel they don't see a value uh, for a return for what they pay in the property tax. Would you agree with people, even though I know you're Fianna Gael, so you, you had to vote with the party, but do you agree that people are not getting back money, that what they're investing into the local property tax, they're not seeing a return for that? Well, I can understand where people are coming from, but at the same time yesterday, John Paul, I heard Councillor O'Connor on the radio with this morning, who proposed the 5%. It was, 
it was a very hard decision to make yesterday, I think, for all councillors, and especially for my party. But we felt at the time when the CEO gave the report to say that our municipal authorities, and, and I know the FAMOI one that has, does great work, like we only have to take the patent scheme and things like that, that they could be affected by it. Well, then we had to make a decision. And I felt overall that small rise of 5% could be overacted by what is good work that's done in municipal authorities like for my and so on so I hope people will understand that that we had a big choice to make yesterday on the overall picture and that's the way we looked at it that a 5% wouldn't, uh, if we didn't vote for that yesterday and left that as it was and a threat to any service would be, would be something that we felt we couldn't live with so we, we, it does a lot of good work done in the municipals and by the, uh, by the council on services so we wanted to continue that and have no threat to it. Hopefully and do you feel though, that. but do you feel no, sorry for those who are living yeah. in areas outside of towns and villages who have to pay the property tax in rural areas whereby there are roads that are full of potholes, overgrown hedgerows as well on those particular roads and these people have had to sink their own wells to get their own water, their own septic tanks and all of that, yet they still will be faced with this particular increase and they see nothing back. And I do agree with that. There's something that, yeah, when I, when I was brought up on the, the, the sh- your show this morning, I did hear that. It was something I, uh, I didn't think of yesterday, and I could understand them people being very upset over it. There's things we must look at to help rural Ireland again. So, obviously, we have a lot of work to do. But in the overall picture, as I said, John Paul, we had to make a decision yesterday. It was a tough decision to make, but we felt, uh, as a party, we had to do that. Do we need and, to relook uh, at I, the property tax, Noel, and maybe just implement it for, for towns and villages? Yes. That's one thing we need to do. And an overall, that, that has to be looked at an overall picture that we need to look at the property tax to see who are benefiting most out of it and the people in uh, uh, rural land are not benefiting. We must look at a different system for them. I do agree with that. I okay, agree for the moment, Noel, thanks for joining us and we'll see what, you, what happens Paul. with that particular issue on those who do wish to work to the age of 70 in private companies for the moment. Thanks for joining us this morning. Fine Gael Councillor uh, Noel McCarthy from Fermoy. Your calls are welcome. 1850 Text or WhatsApp 86 103. A lot of calls and comments in on various issues. I will get to those later in the programme. But yesterday we had a lot of talk about parents who were collecting school children from the school gates and how it can be dangerous in some parts of the county because schools are located on the side of a main road. Well, one school in North Cork is trying to fundraise for a car park to build their own car park. So it will make it safer for both teachers and also parents and students who are coming to attend the school will speak with them on what they are doing next. Court today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 We spoke briefly about school parking yesterday on the show and one texter said schools should have a car park to facilitate both teachers and parents. Well, one North Cork school is trying to achieve this. Podrick Fitzgerald is principal of Glenahalla National School. He joins me. Good morning to you, Podrick. Good morning, John Paul. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. And thanks for joining us. Now, your school, a beautiful school. I passed it there recently, but it's on a very busy road network between Kildallery and Mitchellstown. And many use that particular road, of course, if they're travelling from Mallow to Dublin. So I presume for parents who are going along collecting their children, it's a bit of a nightmare if the road is busy. It is. It is. As, as you said there already, we are located on the side of the very busy N72 here between Kildare and Mitchellstown and that road is extremely busy every day with a high volume of traffic, lorries, etc. passing the road and even though there is um, a reduced 60 kilometres uh, zone passing the school, cars don't slow down. It is 
it is uh, a lot of speed um, takes place outside our school and we're very worried at the moment that there is an accident waiting to happen. Um, we do have car parking spaces, we have um, a number of parking spaces for teachers, etc. But staff has grown in the last few years and we have actually 11 on staff at the moment. So teachers are actually double parking and it's leaving the school is, is our huge concern. Um, parents and teachers have to reverse out onto the road when leaving the school and, and we feel that there is an accident waiting to happen and we're, we're trying our best to um, overcome this problem at the moment. And you mentioned speed there. If you're familiar with the road, you'll know the school is there. But a lot of people who are using that road for a shortcut to get back onto the motorway, if they are in the North Cork area travelling from Mallow, maybe, as I mentioned, they might not be aware of the road and they'll just speed on regardless of signs. Uh, could you do anything for in the meantime, like put up more warning signs that there is a school ahead, even though you had that at the moment? I know I think there's flashing lights there as well. Is there anything else you can do? Uh, we have yes, we have we our parents association um, a few years ago um, fundraising campaigned to get flashing signs um, during school time for forty kilometres mm. um, an hour, and that 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 does aid the situation. But of course, not everybody um, obeys obeys the speed limit around here. So what we are trying to do at the moment is there is a, a site next to our school, which is for sale, and our board of management are in the process of completing the the purchase of that site. So our, what we want to do is we want to develop that site into a car park for a school, which can be used by, by parents, by teachers, and by anybody um, visiting our school. It will get all the, the cars off the road. It would uh, relieve the problem of reversing cars onto the main road. So at the moment, we're after developing um, a school development plan, which, which um, we are getting up and running at the moment to create this car park, which uh, we think will solve our problem here um, in Glenahola. So we have starting a huge fundraising campaign at the moment, which um, we are getting the word out to, and this is why I'm on the phone as well. To, to get people to, to, to go get, along yeah. and, and fundraise so this car park will actually happen. And with a car park, then you're taking cars off the road that are parked in the ditches and whatnot and making it safer for everybody attending the school. So this particular fundraiser you're holding, and, and these are getting popular. I think, though, this is the first one in the North Cork area. It's the uh, famous I'm a celebrity, get me out of here type fundraiser. That's right. We're very excited about this one. We said we'd try and get something new. Yeah. We all know that the Strictly's and the Lipstick Battles uh, um, are very effective and are a great way of fundraising. But they have been done, um, especially in this area, they've been done in Kildare and they've been done in Mitchellstown. So we found um, events company um, which do I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out Fair Fundraiser. So again, it's, it's based on the ITV show um, I'm a Celebrity, which is going to be starting in November. And we're after getting 24 brave contestants who are going to go on stage on the, in the Forgrove Hotel on the Saturday, the 9th of November. And they're going to take part in a number of bush trucker trials, which will have spiders and will have snakes and bugs, very like uh, what uh, you see on ITV. So, um, yeah, that's on Saturday, the, the 9th of November in the Forgrove Hotel. And I suppose we just want to, to highlight um, this event and there's a lot of interest shown at the moment. I think we have a good cause. I know everybody's fundraising at the moment and everybody has a good cause, but we believe that this is vital for the Glenohalla area 
that we can get this this heart built and we can make everything I suppose arrive in the collection of our kids into our school as, as safe as possible Yeah make sure everybody is safe uh, going to the school and with the Amber Celebrity as well when people go along to this particular events and you have your, your people who are on the stage uh, they'll be kind of freaked out on stage because they'll have to go through spiders or whatnot to eat various objects but those in the crowd it's a bit of fun for them because they'll be laughing at those they know they'll be taken back there'll be a bit of suspense there as well so it is a good show to go along especially if you know those locally who are taking part Oh that's right yes yeah it, it, it's going to be it's definitely going to be a night to remember as, as we're calling it here because we have a good we have a good few contestants where we have our 24 lined up we have a lot of local characters we actually have a, a local TD who is going doing it we have teachers from the school we have lots of parents we have uh, members of Kildare uh, Mitchestown Shambly Moor and Kilworth GA clubs we have uh, two members of a local band as well. I, I'm not revealing their name at the moment because we have a Facebook page at the moment and every night this week we're going to be um, unveiling, I suppose, right. two, two members who are two contestants who are going to take part in the night. But uh, it's definitely a night that um, will not be forgotten. It's after getting great momentum around the place for the moment, I suppose, because it is a novelty event and it is a novelty fundraiser. It is. And it's something new, like. It is know. indeed, and it's good for the community as well to come together. So, Saturday the 9th of November at the Fairgrove in Mitchellstown. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here for Glenahalla National School. And you mentioned there about the, the increase in staff you have there. Are you noticing an increase in, in uh, children attending the school? I suppose a lot of parents are moving back home, but also you have people who are, are want to buy in city areas, can't, and they're moving out further to the likes of Fermoy Mitchellstown because of the motorway access and the network there of the motorway. And they're moving the schools uh, in rural areas like Glenahalla, are you noticing that over the last number of years? Yes, there has been a, a big increase in the number of pupils coming to our school. We're actually getting our fourth classroom is being built at the moment. So traditionally, this was a, a three-teacher school, and currently we have ninety kids, which um, we believe is is very good for this area, mm. which actually doesn't have you know a, a village. I suppose we're kind of in between Kildare and Mitchellstown. So yes, yeah, and we're getting new families um, moving to the school on, on a yearly basis. So yes, there, there there is a good increase in in local schools. I do think I suppose we're we're in a good location, as you said. We're off the motorway. We're, we're close to the uh, main town of, of Mitchestown. So yes. Well, that's good to know that a lot of schools are fighting for their lives in some parts of Cork, so it's good to know a rural school in North Cork is seeing an increase in numbers as well. Podrick, we wish you the best of luck with the car park. Hopefully the money's raised from I Miss Celebrity will go somewhere to raise funds for the car park and best of luck with the night as well. I'm sure it'll be a great night. And if people want to go along, uh, tickets, are they available locally in the school or in the area? So, yes, and we will be selling them um, in the school. We have a website, which is www.glinahulla.com um, fundraising.com uh, and we also have an email address which is or sorry email address which is fundraising at gmail.com we have, have a number of sponsorship um, packages which are available from main sponsor premium sponsor bushrucker trials and contestant sponsors we're also going to have a program on the night which we have full page half page and quarter page advertising so for if anybody needs information on those again as I said our website is www.glinahullafundraising.com and our email address is glinahullafundraising at gmail.com just give the school a ring as well if anybody needs further information I suppose we're just appealing we want to make this um, fundraiser as successful as possible and we just really want our car back we really want um, a safe environment for dropping collecting kids and we just hope that we can get as many local businesses involved as possible and it's, it's definitely guaranteed to be a great night and we'd like to thank everybody for their support so far 
Very good, Project. Well, best of luck with the night. Saturday, the 9th of November, the Fairgrove in Mitchellstown. I'm a celebrity for Glenahoda National School for that all important car park for the moment. Uh, thanks for joining us and best of luck to all there in Glenahoda. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks, Patrick Fitzgerald, Principal of Glenahalla National School. Uh, that is between Dollery and Mitchellstown. Busy road, that is, with people using it to access the motorway if they're in the North Cork area. But uh, that is one of the reasons why they need that particular car park. So go along there to the Fairgrove. Saturday the 9th, support them. You can get tickets on glenahallafundraising.com. And that will be a great night, I'm sure, there at the Fairgrove in Mitchellstown. But also a great facility if they can get that built there, the car park uh, next to the school in Glenahalla. 1850-333, lines open. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. A lot of calls and comments coming in on the local property tax. Also on climate change, we'll get to those as well. And also discussing in the next hour how we need all of us, that is, to need uh, to manage our stress. A lot of people living stressful lives these days. We'll discuss that with our regular counsellor, Joe Heffernan. He's with us after 12.30. Good afternoon to you. It's JP with you until one with Cork Today. Bernie takes your comments. 1850-333-103. Or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. You can email jp at c103.ie. Or indeed, you can always tweet this afternoon at c103cork. We are inundated with people who were unhappy with the increase in the property tax. Um, it was agreed yesterday in County Hall. You would have heard this over the course of this morning's show. And people in general just unhappy. The main reason is that they don't see a return for their investments. So we all have to pay this particular tax, but we get nothing back for it. We don't see any evidence of it being used. Now, they have given us examples this morning when we asked the number of councillors of where it is used. Uh, but overall, it doesn't seem to be spread evenly across the county. And it seems people would rather it be used on roads, footpaths, public lighting, etc., rather than parks. And what we're getting here uh, this morning and indeed into this afternoon, here's just a, a number of your comments in on the increase in the property tax across Cork County, voted on yesterday in County Hall by 5%. Uh, WhatsApp are here saying... With all these increases, when is it going to stop? Increase property tax, increase carbon tax, petrol prices because of oil well attacks, everything dearer because of Brexit. Government is using every excuse they have to screw us, says that WhatsApper. While another person saying, no wonder they want to increase the property tax. The county councillors have a great time jetting off on trips around the world. We are driving on rubbish roads, broken footpaths, while they all have a great time. Ask the councillors what pays for their trips abroad. And JP, in the UK council, uh, the tenants in UK council properties, they pay the property tax. So the same should be done here. Those in council houses here should pay the property tax like those in the UK, says somebody on text. While Mary says, John Paul, 160,000 spent in Ballymacquirk in August, but no change, only more dangerous fields. Mary on text to 0862103103. And Tom and Kinsale, just tune into your programme regarding the property taxes, have those who voted for the rise. Come on, they have, Tom. You missed that. They were on earlier. They gave us the reasons of why they voted for the increase in the property tax and indeed where the money was spent over the last number of years. Two examples were parks in Carrick Tool and Banning College. Banning College now, of course, under Cork City Council as it officially moved 
uh, into the city earlier this year. So Tom, um, we did ask them and, and they were on earlier, Tom and Conceal. But if you missed that, you can listen back on the podcast at c103.ie or indeed the repeat of the particular programme is on tonight at 11 o'clock after the news update at 11. Greg is in Bandon. Greg said he lives in the country and we are paying property tax for nothing. He has no sewerage, no public lighting and no water supply. He pays €405 Euros for the year. But for what? He has no services at all and never will. Politicians are not interested in the country people, says Greg in Bandon. While Tom in Rathcormack says, when this tax was brought in, they promised it would never go up. It should never have been allowed in in the first place, says Tom in Rathcormack. While Jim in Clonakilty wants to know how much did Cork County Council contribute to the new walkway near the hospital in Clonakilty. It is only about 400 yards long. It was a waste of money, according to Jim in Clonakilty. That money could have been spent on the footpaths and the roads in the area. While Margaret in Fermoy, when the next election comes around, there won't be very many people going out to vote for those who voted this in, feels Margaret in Fermoy. Well, the next election won't be for another five years so you'd wonder will people remember uh, that way in five years time and uh, more texts coming in on that particular issue from Margaret who feels it's unfair on those on low incomes how are they going to be able to afford this particular increase it might be okay for those who can afford it but it's a huge increase for those of us who cannot anyhow uh, your calls and comments are welcome on that text 0862103103 or indeed you can call Bernie 1850 and Jay on Facebook about the introduction and indeed the increase in the uh, property tax of 5% across Cork County. Jay says, a few years back, the bank offered a lower interest rate on your mortgage, saying it was a reduction on the loan to value. As property prices began to rise, obviously the house is worth more than our mortgage. I wonder how many envisage a rise in property tax as a a result on the cards. Because it is, and it is, as we know, Jay, it's it's on the increase. Now, well, Dan... Uh, says hard times ahead for the ordinary person on the street. Government coffers to be lined with carbon tax from next month and now the rise in the LPT ahead of the LPT revaluations next year, says Dan. So it could be even more expensive next year as they revalue the property tax. Didn't think of that. Good point, Dan. Uh, on that, we'll put that uh, to more callers in the next while while we continue to discuss uh, the fallout from the increase of the property tax yesterday for Cork County. And Siobhan says, now we could do without an increase. Very disappointed with those who voted for this thank you to the 24 councillors who represent the ordinary folk who are trying to keep their heads above water while Teresa says what a joke why do they actually or what do they actually use the money on maybe we should vote on decreasing the government's salary can we do that Obviously, the people that voted to increase the local property tax have enough money to pay the increase, unlike normal people surviving paycheck to paycheck. While Anne in Ballyhay says, seriously, not a hope can I pay this. What do they do with the money? they've been given. I see no difference. Potholes and overgrown hedges, serious safety issues on roads in North Cork. While Alan has sent us a picture and Alan has come out on a road near his house and the road is a rural road. There's some grass growing up parts of the road and he is standing in a big pothole on a rural road. And he is saying, now with our property tax increase, can they come out and fix this pothole? So Alan is actually standing in this particular pothole. It's so big. And... There's actually another pothole 
next to Alan that is as big. We're going to ask him, can we share that on the C103 Facebook? And if we can share Alan's photo, we'll put it up later uh, on the C103 Facebook. But that shows the extent of how people are feeling and the anger that is out there in some areas of Cork when it comes to the local property tax. The likes of Alan who is saying, well, they're increasing it. Can they fix this particular pothole? And he's standing in the pothole. Anyhow, Alan, thank you for your text to 0862103103. On the issue of climate change, John and Clonacilty says, on reducing the emissions in Ireland on the upping of the carbon taxes next month, China are increasing emissions by 30%. America have no interest in reducing emissions and India are increasing emissions next year. If these big world powers don't reduce carbon emissions, it won't work. Ireland is only a grain of sand in the desert at reducing emissions, says John in Clonakilty. And that's, of course, in the back of the uh, climate summit yesterday held in New York, where a number of young climate action groups were speaking in New York yesterday. One of those was uh, a young uh, teenager from Skibbereen, Alicia O'Sullivan. And she wants uh, the Taoiseach Leave Riker now to turn words into action on climate change in Ireland. But a number of speakers yesterday at that particular event in New York, and that's why a lot of people are commenting on that but feel okay we make a difference here in Ireland when you have the likes of China America and India and now playing part how is that going to make any change as an overall world and regarding the public service and how people in the public service can work now until they are seven to avail of the state pension a texter here is saying well no wonder younger people can't get jobs if we have people working until the age of 70 in the public service is it time for these people to go once they reach a certain age well Councillor Noah McCarthy at the council meeting yesterday feels that workers should be able to work until 70 as well in the private sector because you believe it's 65 depending on what year you were born you might not be entitled to the particular state pension until 67, 68 and there's a two year gap there for a lot of people that's why he wants the actual age limit increased also the fact that people feel they can still give in the workplace just because you reach a certain age doesn't mean you have to stop everything you can still give your experience in the workplace but this person on text feels well no wonder younger people can't find jobs if we have people working in the public service up to the age of 70 and Jerry Nahara wants to uh, put this out what you make of this uh, people listening this always causes um, controversy and it's a hard one to to, to to discuss jury because of the differences here in Ireland North and South but it's regarding the rugby match on Sunday and jury was disappointed they did not sing the national anthem at the rugby game on Sunday morning in the Rugby World Cup when Ireland were taken on Scotland we must be the only country in the world who don't sing our anthem and don't fly the tricolour either if players put on the green jersey Jersey, they should be willing to sing the national anthem, feels Jerry in Ahada. Uh, do you agree with Jerry on that? I suppose it is. The rugby team is an all-Ireland rugby team. Uh, people from different backgrounds playing in that particular rugby team, as, as it is an all-Ireland, and supporters from very different backgrounds, north and south. Uh, the reason you'd hear the national anthem played at a rugby match here in Ireland, in the Aviva, for example, is because it's here in the Republic of Ireland and we do play both national anthems when uh, there is a rugby match in the Aviva or wherever the match is being played but when they play abroad and for example in the Rugby World Cup you will just hear Ireland's call and that's usually all the one national anthem I'm sure Scotland had their one and then we had Ireland's call and that was it because Ireland's call represents North and South whereas Aron Levine would be representing the Republic of Ireland uh, whether you like it or not Northern Ireland is a part of the UK so playing Aron Levine would not represent the players and supporters from Northern Ireland who say 
they are British and they are their, their head of states in London uh, and you can see where the conflict goes so it's really to uh, an agreement reached between both sides that's why they play one national anthem and Jerry is disappointed about that so your views are welcome on that um, do you think Jerry is right and we should have the national anthem of this country sung at the rugby or are you happy the way it is because the fact you have north and south uh, for the particular rugby match and you have players from a different background as well who don't recognise the Irish national anthem as the national anthem because they feel uh, they're living in the UK as they're living in the six counties. Your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. That one's always um, a touchy one or a hard one because you know, everybody has very strong views when it comes to Ireland. Uh, 32 county it may be or a country it may be but uh, at the same time people, you have to respect people's views on the other side in the six counties who feel uh, that they even though they're on the island of Ireland, they are British and they are under UK rules. So uh, your views are welcome on that anyhow. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And Anthony on uh, text says, as for Boris Johnson, who's broken the law, will he be treated the same as any other lawbreaker? Well, not too sure, Anthony, how he'd be treated. Anybody who breaks the law, whether they're a celebrity or a politician, usually are uh, treated the same. But with this particular situation, I'm not too sure because you might have heard this on news. The UK's highest court has ruled that Boris Johnson broke the law by deciding to suspend the parliament for five weeks. Now, the Supreme Court in London said that there was no justification for the shutdown. The House of Commons Speaker, John Burko, says parliament should now be recalled without delay. But the president of the Supreme Court in London, Lady Hale, she said his decision was unanimous. Here's what she said earlier. The court is bound to conclude, therefore, that the decision to advise Her Majesty to prorogue Parliament was unlawful because it had the effect of frustrating or preventing the ability of Parliament to carry out its constitutional functions without reasonable justification. So he broke the law and as Anthony says, will he now be reprimanded like anybody else who broke the law? Well, if he broke into a car or something, he I'm sure he would be and I would think he would be, but... In this situation, I'm not too sure what happens in that particular situation. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose, over the next while. Uh, 1850-333, lines open. We'll go back to more calls on the local property tax. Also discussing shortly with our regular councillor on the show, Joe Heffernan, on how we all need to manage stress. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Glenmire Alanon will hold an open information that's going on tomorrow evening at 8 o'clock in the community building in Riverstown. Everybody is welcome there for that open information meeting for Glenmire Alanon. And join Johnny Bongos and friends in the Hibernian Hotel in Mallow. That's on this coming Thursday at 10 o'clock in the evening for their Trad for Trocra session. The Cork Volunteer Centre will have a pop-up centre in Clonakilty Resource Centre. That's on this Friday from 10am to 1. If you are interested in a volunteering role, well, drop in for a chat with one of their placement officers. And Carrig Navarre Community Council are holding a series of entertainment evenings in the village in aid of Carrig Navarre Hall Development Fund. The September concert will be on this coming Friday. Feature Sean O'Shea along with local talent. Tickets are €15 Euros and are available from Drummond's shop in Carrig Navarre. There's also raffle prizes on the night. And the show starts there at 8.30. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103.
103. And on the issue of the increase of the local property tax, we've been discussing this all morning. A lot of people not happy it's going to increase by 5%, feel it's unfair. And the basic thing here we're getting is basically that we're not getting a return for our investments. People are paying this tax and they feel they're not getting money back for what they're paying for. Uh, Councillor Paul Hayes was at the particular meeting yesterday. Sinn Féin councillor, he joins me. Good afternoon to you, Paul. Afternoon, John Paul. Uh, we spoke earlier to Councillor Declan Hurley, independent, who also voted against this. And we earlier then spoke to Councillor Alan O'Connor, who was one of the councillors. He put the motion down for this to increase. So the Green Party, also Fina Gale's Councillor Noel McCarthy from Formoy, he backed this as well. And it was backed by Labour and two other independents. Fina Foyle did not back this particular increase. Uh, Sinn Féin also didn't back this increase. And you're making the point, uh, because it's been uh, argued more and more again over across the morning and across this afternoon of us not seeing return for investment so instead of repeating ourselves uh, you feel we should lobby central government now for a better return on general taxation and in particular the motor tax collected in Cork to help uh, invest in the Cork County area Yes certainly John Paul again kind of going back to 2013 when the property tax was introduced first again it was supposed to be an extra fund for for local authorities to improve um, local facilities and services like that um, but it didn't it didn't work out that way essentially it was I suppose like I referred to it as a con job in in the council chamber previously uh, again you know the, the the government would have given a central grant to local authorities like Cork County Council to to provide um, services during the year but that that grant that central grant has been absolutely slashed uh, since the property tax was introduced so essentially you know the, the councils are dependent on on the council or the property tax that comes in to, to fund their services um, so again it's the public are, are are picking up the tab so again like local authorities can as others have said we have the the right to either put up the the property tax by up to a maximum of 15% or reduce it by a maximum of um 15% or just leave it as it is as we were proposing to do now yesterday um, but yeah certainly look I've been listening into to the comments and a lot of the comments online on my own page as well are people saying look we just don't see the value in this and I, I, I have to agree with them And if you were able to get the uh, for example the motor tax collected here in Cork annually would that leave the property tax as it is do you think there'd be no reason to increase it or even you could decrease it because more money from Cork would stay in Cork yeah, absolutely. Again, like the, the property tax makes up about 5% of our total budget on the council every year. Uh, we have a budget of approximately $350 million to spend. So again, 5% of that is made up of the property tax. And again, the increase proposed yesterday, passed yesterday, the 5% increase, will only bring in about a million and a half uh, into the council's coffers. So I think, look, I mean, it's a, we have a very way, kind of strange way of bringing, you know, the, doing the council budget process. We had to agree... On, on increasing or, re- or reducing the property tax yesterday, whereas the whole budgetary process will continue now into November when we'll be able to go through each section and each department. And I'm absolutely confident that we can find, you know, make savings elsewhere, you know, to make up for, you know, the, the, the dire picture that was being put, uh, painted by the council executive yesterday to say, look, we're going to have to cut back on uh, services and, you know, playgrounds and, you know, different discretionary funding like that. Uh, but yeah, certainly, look, we've been on the lower side of the, the, the league table when it comes to getting uh, motor tax back um, into Cork County. We send over a million euro or 100 million euros up to up to Dublin every year in motor tax collected in the county and we, we get a fraction of that back again. So look, I, I've been saying for years and then any delegation that I've gone to Leinster House meeting various ministers for transport, I always make the case that 
you know, we've over 12,500 kilometres of roads in Cork County, the largest network in, in the country. And we, we need to get a better return on our, our money, uh, especially motor taxes. As I said, there should be millions more pumped into the roads in, in Cork County. And it certainly would, would mean that we wouldn't have to be considering decisions that were made in County Hall yesterday. And it would alleviate the pressure as well uh, for money invested in areas if we were to get that motor tax money back, especially into our road network. And overall, when it comes to the local property tax, do you feel and do you agree with people that it is unfair that some areas of Cork seem to benefit more than others, but also that some of our local property tax here in Cork seemingly does go along with other councils to counties elsewhere in Ireland. For example, Leitrim was mentioned earlier, whereby they don't have a big population base. Yeah, that's the, the setup of the, as I said, this flawed property tax. Twenty um, percent of uh, property tax collected in Cork County uh, will will go to weaker counties, as it, as it's say, like Leitrim or smaller places like Loud that mightn't be able to to fund the, their their own services. So yeah, twenty percent of everything that's collected in Cork goes straight out of the county. So that's that's absolutely madness, and it's very very frustrating for for residents and, and for ourselves that. We can see millions um, just wiped off of our, our budget income straight away, you know. And would you be in favour of reforming the local property tax? Some people even saying that when you look at villages and towns whereby at, if they're not seeing anything either, nobody in towns, a few towns have come back and said they have seen improvements in their town and that probably has come from the local property tax. But overall, many feel there hasn't been a big improvement in their towns with regards to lighting or footpaths or roads. But especially in more rural areas, they get nothing back. I mean, they have to put their own uh, septic tank in, sink their own wells for water, you know, do their own driveways. There's nothing in the rural outlying areas. So is it unfair for people who receive no public lighting, no public water supply for them to pay this particular tax and get nothing back in return? Should the tax just be concentrated on urban areas from now on in villages and towns and those living in rural areas who have no access to public supplies not pay this tax? Well, look, I mean, like Sinn Féin has, has had an issue with the whole concept of the property tax from day one. I mean, it doesn't uh, take any account of a person's income or ability to pay it. Uh, and again, as I said, from a national point of view, our TDs have been looking to phase it out or indeed abolish it over the next number of budgets. Um, but yeah, I, we believe that local authorities should be funded through general taxation and, and, and part of that is, as I said, motor tax for our roads and things. So yeah, again, that everyone whether they live in an urban area or rural areas, will benefit from um, proper uh, funding of local governments. You know, so that if you live in Cork McSherry or any areas of rural West Cork, you should be able to, you know, be, be expecting to have decent uh, road network or, you know, uh, public services like that. You know, this, uh, that you, that you do in the centre of Dublin. You know, so um, yeah, the, the whole property act um, model is completely flawed from, from day one um, and we disagree with it as I said like in, in previous um, council budgets we have called for a full 15% reduction to give people a break because as, as your listeners are texting in and calling in all morning you know they're at the pin of their collar you know we, we do realise that there has been you know a, a, some bit of an uplift in the economy in recent years but people are still you know they're paying more insurance the, 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 the rent so their house their mortgages all this kind of stuff all the expenses are, are going up um, you know, so any kind of an increase at all, at all in, in, in property tax is very, very hard to justify. And finally, a text in here, and I presume it doesn't go to this, but uh, ask the councillors what pays for their trips abroad. I presume the local property tax has no influence on that. It just goes to the what the services it's supposed to go to. We don't see those services, but it's supposed to go to those services. Well, yeah, it is supposed to go to the, 
the discretionary spending of, of the, the council. But it, it wouldn't be going for councillors' trips abroad? No, not specifically, no. Again, as I, said, I mean, look, we'll have an opportunity over the next uh, month or so to have a look at what is spent on trips abroad or wherever like that. And certainly, look, I'd be saying that, you know, if we are to make savings, that we could dip into that pot um, rather than um, putting the onus on, on residents all over the county and especially rural areas to pick up the tab for, you know, uh, council services. And again, as I said, we're, we're kind of making decisions in a vacuum here. Um, in November, we'll have a better picture of that the rates amount uh, being collected in the county. And I know, like, the the, the elephant in the room, Brexit, uh, is still looming large over us, but I, I, I still am um, not expecting our rates base to collapse completely because of Brexit. I still think our, our rates amount come in is going to be pretty healthy. And again, look, we're waiting on the, the compensation package from uh, the city council to be agreed as yet, like so, that should be bringing in a few more million into the into the county coffers as well. So I do think, you know, that, that the picture that was painted yesterday by the council executive it gave a very very pessimistic uh, forecast and it was indeed kind of a worst case scenario. And I do think it kind of scared some of the um, elected reps into voting for an increase in property tax. And uh, I think that's regrettable. As I said, we, we lost the vote 27-24. But look, the, the, the councillors who voted for um, an increase will, will have to face the electorate and and, uh, and, and and justify their position. But as I said, I certainly couldn't uh, I couldn't uh, agree to any any increase at all at all yesterday. Okay, well, it's in anyhow, regardless, a 5% increase for those living in Cork County Council areas, the county area, the majority of the county area will pay that. Uh, 5% increase for local property tax for the moment. Uh, Paul, thanks for joining us. Sinn Féin Councillor Paul Hayes, who voted against that increase yesterday in County Hall. A lot of comments uh, still coming into us on the local property tax, but we mentioned there about Ballymacourt Cross and works being carried out on trying to improve places. Anyhow, some are saying that didn't really improve the cross much, but uh, what they are trying to improve in areas and a text are saying I think every town and village should have ramps. The speed of traffic going through Churchtown at the moment is dangerous, says that particular texter. And Sean and McCroom says there are two problems related to traffic management in McCroom. There are silver poles standing near a disused commercial site blocking the left lane of traffic from supermarkets emerging from the back road. And then also in the square on Tuesdays traders are located on a space blocking about six car spaces near the bus park, says Sean in McCroom and how things will be improving there. And regarding the National Anthem and this was uh, Gerard earlier on uh, phones to Bernie regarding and, and not happy he was because the National Anthem was not sung at the rugby game on Sunday morning when Ireland were taken on Scotland and I explained the fact that you have North and South and they sing Ireland's Call and they don't sing Aron Naveen because of the fact that we have uh, two different communities on this island and the supporters and players from the North feel they not all of them but some of them will feel they're from the UK and that is why that has been agreed anyhow uh, Breda and Mallow says Hi John Paul uh, Scotland sang proudly to the flower of Scotland just saying says Breda in Mallow uh, while another texter here saying my grandparents will be rolling in their graves Ireland's national anthem not being played if you're not willing for Ireland then don't play what happens when we play England will those players not try to win uh, says that particular texter. Well, see, it's a question too when you speak about national anthems. I mean, in this situation, first of all, Scotland is on the country split, I suppose, down the middle when it comes to, uh, even though Scotland is is under UK rule. Uh, but the problem here in Ireland is 
Northern Ireland is under UK rule whether you like it or not that is what it is and if you have players from the south and the north playing and if you have a community in the north who are supporting Irish rugby and playing for Irish rugby but they don't see themselves as Irish because they're under UK rule and they consider themselves as British uh, not English now I know somebody there is saying English uh, they're considering themselves as, as British as in the, the union of Wales England, Scotland and Northern Ireland well then uh, they feel Aron Avine is just for the Republic of Ireland so that's why it was agreed that we would sing Ireland's Call and not sing Aron Avine but I can see people's point of view saying well it is Ireland and yeah, it is the island of Ireland but unfortunately uh, everybody has a different view on the national anthems and that is why they came to agreement for this particular anthem so it basically represents everybody on the island of Ireland uh, from the nationalist background and from the unionist background and that's why they played that if I can explain that the best way I can anyhow your views welcome on the national anthem and a lot of people have mixed views on why we on why, what particular anthem we sing and why we sing Ireland's Call if we don't get to those before one we'll get back to those tomorrow but we are going to, to uh, discuss with a regular councillor Joe Heffernan next on how we all need to manage our stress levels discussing that next Court today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 103 A lot of comments into the programme we won't get to them before the end of the show we will get to them tomorrow but just on the uh, national anthem John in Cargnavar says on Sundays Ireland's call was played as we mentioned but then as I said earlier when they play in the Aviva they do play the national anthem or on Avian and they play Ireland's call but they have it both ways there when they play England then in England they just have Ireland's call but as John Carg Navarra says it's a no win situation really uh, we'll get back to more of those comments on the show tomorrow but let's uh, move on and we're joined as usual on a Tuesday by our regular councillor on the show Joe Heffernan good afternoon to you Joe Good afternoon, JP. Now, we were mentioning the last week about managing stress and how we are going to continue that topic today. And uh, it's it's a good topic because a lot of people are identifying with the various politicians who have come out over the last year and other yeah. workers who were basically are leaving politics or leaving uh, public life because they're trying to balance the family life and work life. And a lot of the stresses yeah. people feel are because they're trying to balance both parts of their life. So it's a, it's a good topic to continue on today. And and it's something I suppose people need to identify what is causing them stress, Joe. And sometimes it's possible to identify it. Like Jim Daly now was very clear that um, uh, a lot of his life... Uh, um, I, I met Jim um, at a, a DISCP conference in, um, in Dublin uh, last uh, November. And uh, he, he, you know, he seemed like a very sound... Um, uh, guy um easy to talk to and um uh one wouldn't have realized at the time that he was feeling stressed but um obviously he was um in a more general way than a kind of a specific event <coughs> i suppose you'd nearly call it cumulative stress over the years that when the kids were growing up that um he found he was in dublin uh um in the dial um uh the bulk of the week but then when he was back down uh there was this um uh occasion and that occasion and the other thing he had to go to in the clinic and all that so he he made a decision that i'm quite sure 
um, he thought over quite a lot before he came to the conclusion, conclusion. And we got a lot of calls yesterday Joe as well from parents uh, from uh, various parts of Cork but one yeah. in particular from Kenturk yeah. who said she uh, and her, her husband really stressed they're both working both have to work and they get up in the morning at 6am rush the kids out to the childminder to get the childminder to take the kids to school so they can rush to Cork City for work back again in the evening and the same thing collecting the child from the childminder and they only have about two hours in the evening with their children but then we got a load of calls after that and, and I have more and I get to on tomorrow's show from people who felt sorry for them but a lot of others were saying that is it that is the way we are all living our lives we're literally rushing to get out the door to go to work to come back to rush collect children and we have about two hours in the evening with them and that hour within the two hours is basically doing homework with them Right you see and that's you know that's one of those um, situations where the source of the stress is absolutely identifiable. I mean, that's what's happening, and that is the cause of the stress. Now, um, uh, we can't avoid that kind of stress. I mean, people obviously can't say, well, I'll choke the job. Yeah. Um, so that then brings us to uh, what, yeah, to managing the stress. Um, now, I mean, when you can identify the problem, for example, I mean, um, if, if, uh, I, I'm not, uh, alluding to, to the, to, to that family now at all, but that like, um, if, if getting up that bit earlier means that people aren't as rushed in the morning, well, no, that can be, that can alleviate a small bit of stress, um, so that you feel that you're not running from A to B and where are the car keys and, um, oh, gee, I forgot my phone when I'm two miles down the road, that kind of thing. And that would be coping with the stress, I presume you mean, and, and the physical the skill to cope with it, yeah. Yeah. Now, the, 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 the kind of common sense ways then of coping with the stress that we have in life, uh, we could talk about it like under six headings. Hmm. Physical, mental, spiritual... Uh, family, interpersonal, and uh, diversions are distractions or fun. But anyway, six of them. Now, the physical skills, I suppose, are quite obvious. Um, uh, look after oneself, um, have a, a healthy diet. Um, you know, make sure that you're having um, at least one solid hot meal per day. Um uh, do a little bit of relaxation. Now, it doesn't mean that one has to be tuning into anything or anything like that, but to just try to close the eyes and switch off at some stage in the day for a little bit of relaxation. Um, to try to, um, you know, to listen to your body, um, that if you're jaded, and if you really, really need an early night, even a very early night, to do that, to listen to your body. As usual, we'll mention the bit of exercise, of course. doesn't have to be preparing for the marathon. It might be a little bit of a walk in the evening and that. Um, another good um, uh, thing to try to do, it, it blends in with the bit of close the eyes and relaxation, is to take a bit of a short break here and there throughout the day, even if it meant just going to the bathroom and sitting down, closing the eyes and trying to switch off. 
Um, that would be the physical. Then the mental skills. Well, one of the things I suppose that blends in with the physical would be time management to kind of set aside time for priorities and tasks. In other words, like if you have four things to do and that it's absolutely ridiculous to try to be doing them within that given hour, maybe maybe set aside two hours or maybe prioritize and cut down at least one of the tasks that needs to be done, which is a way of uh, problem solving. Um, Now, another bit of problem solving would be that where there are things that absolutely need to be done to to do them, Um, you know, to be that wee bit organized. Um, Don't let things pile up and become uh, impossible. the other, the third heading we could talk about, some people find great help in their spiritual beliefs. Um, uh, now, trusting and believing in yourself um, will relieve stress. Um, to have meaning and purpose in one's life, in other words, what are the things I need to do? Um, and then um, to be able to let go of some problems, especially letting go of problems that quite clearly we have no control over. There's no point in getting all stressed out about something that we have no control over, like what will somebody else do or not do. Yeah, the what ifs. A lot of people have these things of what ifs. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people will be thinking, oh, if I do this or should I, should I do that? And that can really, yeah, I know what you mean. That can stress people out before they ever make a decision on doing something. And also, I know we mentioned family skills earlier, interpersonal skills, Joe. And this is how we affirm ourselves to believe in ourselves. And it kind of ties in with the spiritual to believe in ourselves rather than what others would think or what we think others will think. Yeah. Yeah, and um, uh, some people will like us, other people won't. And to just accept that, that it doesn't really, really matter. The main thing is that we would spend our time, where possible at all, with people who are positive. In other words, with people who make our day uh, better uh, instead of worse. Um, yeah, and to 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 believe in yourself and to have to have at least one person at least one person that we can trust to talk to about things that are troubling us. Um, uh, I, I found a thing recently by a person called Diana Fosher, um, and it said the roots, the roots of resilience are to be found in the felt sense of being held in the mind and heart of an empathic, attuned and self-possessed other. Now, that's a rather long-winded way of saying someone that we trust and someone that will um, listen and maybe even add in uh, a little bit of um, uh, positive feedback from it. In other words, like to have some very satisfying relationships and to nurture them and to look after them and not to be saying I haven't even phoned that person in seven months Yeah, keep on top of your friends and make sure you stay in contact Joe and I very finally we're running over the time but I suppose mm. you mentioned diversions there and we, we touched on that about reading a book or indeed uh, even a getaway or something or even volunteering something to distract yourself from what you're feeling stressed about so you can maybe yeah. overcome that stress yeah. we're going to do a stress test next week Joe because we haven't done that in some time we haven't yeah so uh, get the pen and paper out for that next week for the moment okay. Joe 
thanks for joining us and we'll speak to you next Tuesday. Okay, uh, that's our regular counsellor there on the show, Joe Heffernan. Something in the way you roll your eyes Takes me back to a better time When I saw everything is good But now you're the only thing that's good Trying to stand up on my own two feet This conversation ain't coming easily And darling, I know it's getting late So what do you say we leave this place? Walk me home in the day There's something in the way I wanna cry That makes me think we'll make it out alive So come on and show me how we're good I think that we could do some good mm-hmm. Walk me home in the dead of night I can't be alone with all that's on my mind mm-hmm. So say you'll stay with me That's Pink with Walk Me Home. And many of your comments will get back to a lot of those on tomorrow's show from 10am. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced. I'm John Paul McNamara. Enjoy your Tuesday afternoon. We'll chat to you tomorrow at 10am. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.